What up, what up, world? Back again in the mix. Welcome to another episode of Hosted by Decent with me, your host, Decent. These hosts be straight stupid, but I be straight lucid. Bang. My guest at this time is one of the dopest, and I mean dopest, women rappers because we're getting rid of the word female. Out the whole progressive around here. One of the dopest, I'm not even going to say women rappers, just one of the dopest rappers Thank you. that I've encountered in the last few years and now she's here to talk about everything under the sun from her appearance on my big homie and I say big homie in the sense that I'll meet him one day he's gonna take me on his wing sway you know freestyle you did your thing by the way okay. you know <laughs> and a host of other things that she's been a part of ladies and gentlemen please give it up for Zyparella woo I don't know if I was supposed to clap too because we could we could do it again <laughs> Want to do it again? Mm. So you clap no. for yourself? No, no, no. You sure? Mm-hmm. I, I feel do like it. you did a good clap for me. Yeah, so. I'm saying it's my show. We can bring it back and you know we clap. rewind it back. No, no, no. I like that. That was a good. Clap. Okay, but at any point in the interview, you want to stop and bring the clap back? We, we, we can. I'm gonna think about it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank on you. this lovely day. Yeah, lovely being you know subjective to say the least because when it's time in New York. But we here. We here. We ride. It snowed. We made it. My train was only a little delayed. A little delayed. You know, that's good for New York. For New York. Yeah, especially. We really don't know. Holiday time, you know, especially in the winter, especially in this part of the city. So, you know, but you're worth the wait. You know. We've been trying to get you in for a minute. Shout out to my man Rodney for, you know, being persistent and making sure that we got you in here. But we finally do. And the funny thing is, before um, he even reached out to me about having you on the show, is I was actually aware of you. Because we run in like, you know, similar creative circles. Circles. You know, you see somebody that you're linked to and then you add them on social media and Mm. might not necessarily interact with you. But you added them. But you, you know, and I was always aware of your content, but the thing that kind of took me by surprise was the Dumb Dumb video. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I sat and like, you know, just like really, really honed in and looked at it. I was like, this is dope. You know, once again, not just for, you know, a woman who's rapping, but just in general, just the energy, just, you know, the presentation and something that you don't see. Of course, it's a kinship to a lot of stuff that we kind of grew up with, you know, as hip hop fans seeing, you know, dancing in videos and just these colorful, very vibrant visuals. What made you want to take that approach with that song and that visual? Well, the song is fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I have to just give the creative um, aspect of just the... Hey, it's to Zomap, the director of the, the video. I pretty much gave her the creative control mm-hmm. and the expert because I'm not a video person. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I want when I want it, but sometimes I don't know what I want. I just create a song and I'm like, this is this is good. Right, right. So that's all Zomap. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. And she, she gave me the treatment and I loved it. It was all these colors. It was a little wild though because one of the, the little snapshots of the treatment was like some, some girls popping in the booties. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That ain't me. Yeah, she's like, no, no, no. It was just uh, to get where they're going to be standing. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it turned out great, which is amazing. Yeah, it, and speaking of that, like, there was a great balance between, like, you know, of course, showcasing, you know, feminine energy, but not being, you know, exploitive. Because even with women using women in their videos, you tend to see a little bit of exploitation going on. So it was cool for you to find a balance between, you know, having, you know, sexy black women in your video but also having them be you know very very strong as far as like their movements and the choreography and how they kind of back you in the process yeah so tell us a little bit about you know your origin as an MC because you kind of have you know an interesting dynamic here <laughs> you know 
Brooklyn-based, but by way of Alabama. Alabama. Tuscaloosa, rolled out. <laughs> so, what was that like? Were you born there, spent a lot of your upbringing there, and then came here, or, you know? Yeah, I'm Alabama all day, all night. Um, but it's funny that you ask about my MC origins. I was in a blues band <laughs> when I was like seven-ish, and I really wanted to be a singer, but all of the other women, females, um, girls wanted to be singers too, so I was like, I'm not gonna sing. I'm a rapper. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna play the guitar. And then one day, I don't even remember how it happened. And they decided to add like this rap joint to um, Stevie Ray Vaughan's song. He has a song called TikTok, mm -hmm. and they added a rap joint to it. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. And then <laughs> it just took over after that. Um, and I was with this guy, and he would do half, and I would do half. And eventually, I took his part. And it was just all me, all day, and ever since then, I just wanted to do something with music, particularly hip-hop, um, mainly because I couldn't sing, but when I started being able to sing and hold a note, watch out, world. It's going to be over. Yeah, but that's close, so that's my home. You ever been? No. You ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. At least you've heard of it. Because <laughs> my grandfather's actually on, well, I don't know from, but he lives in Alabama last time I checked, and I say last time I checked because, you know, not for nothing, he's a deadbeat, but... Once again, working through things in therapy, people, but that's Here's besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you know, this, you know, very, very, you know, homegrown, you know, Southern, you know, approach. And with a lot of Southern rappers, you know, and I was actually saying this to Roddy before you showed up, your music reminds me a lot of somebody like a Big Crit mm. or like, you know, even like an outcast where it's like very, very immersed in lyricism, but there's just like this outer-worldly, very, very colorful visual that you paint with, you know, the beats and how you decide to play with your flows and things like mm -hmm. that. Can you attribute Outkast to being one of your influences coming from of the South? Of course. Outkast was the influence <laughs> in the South. Um, especially growing up, those were the days of my primitive years. That, mm -hmm. That's really who we had to listen to. It was Outkast and UGK. Um, 8-Ball and... MK, MJG. I always say that wrong, but my heart is in the right place. But those... <laughs> are the influences that's who we listen to um and outcast has made such a an impact on the hip-hop world period Absolutely. you know especially with this outer world it was just cool because it was pretty much like the funk era yeah um but it was for hip-hop mm -hmm. so it was like this is cool i can be an alien too and it's okay yeah so yeah outcast definitely and the uh Funny thing about that, you know, hindsight being 2020, you look back to, you know, the outcast, you know, formative stages. It's really rooted in a lot of the music that you hear today as far as it championing black empowerment and, you know, black love and, you know, self-reflection. And I feel like with an artist of yourself kind of taking up that mantle, it definitely is reflected in a lot of the music that you put out. And even just, you know, how expressive you are in regards to being a woman rapper, because... There's this like limited box, and I'm not just talking about you know the fact that there are limited spots because we have them. We have seen them grow recently in the last few years, with there being more women in the field. But it still seems to be the same narrative as far as you know what type of women get presented. You know when it comes to the forefront of hip hop. But that's all about supply and demand, mm -hmm. right? You have women out here like myself, No Name, for example. I love No Name. Who just made the statement that she's made and I, I completely back her. We don't get supported. It's like, um, yeah, you want to see more women who who are behind the lyrics, who push actual um, themes or we're just different from what is out 
in the commercial world, but it's not supported. It's like people don't show up to the concerts or they don't retweet or uh, just the smallest things to, to create that buzz. And it's, so, like, it's like this empty appreciation in a sense. Like, yeah. yeah, this is what we want. This is what we love. This is that real, but... They don't put the they don't put the support behind it like they would somebody that they can see every day consistently pumping out the same music. Yeah, I mean, and it is what works. It works, um, and it's always a, a fad. This is the industry that we're in now. It's like a fad. If this song catches on and this song sounds like this song, then this song has to pop. So you have to make sure that your song sounds exactly like this song, or else don't let it be too wordy. It needs to be catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very sensitive topic, so don't talk about that. Um, so it's just so many stipulations that go into the creative comments. So that's why you have so much of the stuff that comes out and sounds the same, in my opinion. I'm not out here writing everybody's songs, so I don't know why. Um, but that's just like, that's how I sit back and I observe, and I just figure that that's, it just is what it is. As a woman in hip hop, um, do you kind of find yourself torn when it comes to you know the fact that, once again, there are you know, more faces, there are more voices, you know, you have, you know, everybody under the sun that kind of represents the different spectrum of hip-hop when it comes to the woman MCs. As you have, you know, your Megans, you have your Cardis, but then you have your Rhapsodies, you have your No Names, you have, you know, your Snow the Product. Like, do you feel like, you know, yeah, you know, there's more of us, but, you know, it comes at a price because, once again, the same thing is being pushed over and over again. So do you find yourself torn with the fact that there are more people, you know, more women representing but still the same thing gets pushed to the forefront torn no um no not really i mean i don't know how to answer that other than no i don't find myself torn at all i mean i'm happy that we are being represented in the media period you Mm -hmm. know for a while we didn't have much to look at as young women of color Mm -hmm. um we didn't have many influences regardless of what material they put out so it's just good that you have these different um, avenues. I just wish some of the I wish the Rhapsodies got more um, exposure because Rhapsody is huge. She's about to go on tour. Um, I'm trying to headline. <laughs> throw that out there. Um, but I just wish that they got a lot of the backing that the the more commercialized um, women got. But I'm not torn. Kudos. Do you think? Yes. <laughs> keep paving the way. Open the doors for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy that you said that because, you know, when you you are kind of a minority in the hip-hop space, there's always this narrative that you have to, you know, compete, 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 because it's a competitive sport. You know, I always say that hip-hop is a contact sport. And, you know, we may be able to coexist, you know, work with each other, but there's always the narrative that I want to be number one. And I feel like with the way music is now, you don't necessarily have to be number one. It's all about occupying your own space, occupying... Right your own lane so how important is you know your own lane and you know your own sort of voice to you as an artist right now very um i'm still finding my voice um i was explaining this to someone i think it was a friend of mine just trying to explain the difference between omega b mm-hmm. who was my previous pen name and now cypherella um this is the first project that cypherella has put out although i put out an, an album 2211 that wasn't written by cypherella it was written by omega b and I find that um, in growing myself as an artist, I have to to find what voice I want. And my mind is going to change, mm-hmm. and I need to be okay with having my mind to change. So I think that it's going to always be very important for me to find my voice. Because how would you feel if you couldn't create the content that you wanted when you wanted to, you know? 
Um, and I feel like we don't, also as artists, I feel like a lot of people put us in these boxes once they establish you as this is what you sound like. Exactly. So anytime you change your mind, it's like, oh, she's not being herself anymore. She's trying to be like such and such, such and such. And just, it's like a... Yeah, to me it's been like an even greater extent because it's not even so much, you know, shifting sounds. It's more so shifting content because for the longest time I was known as somebody that made music. And then, yeah, see, look. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the reaction that a lot of people get because I spent literally like a large majority of my life making music. And then once I've kind of honed in on interviewing and creating content, that's been my primary function. So, it's been a seismic shift for people who may not have even known that I made music and, you know, see me, you know, doing this. So when I tell them I make music, I get that response. But then so many people are like, well, are you still doing music? Did you quit? And it's like, no, you know, I found something else to kind of coincide with making music because I found the gift. I found, you know, something that I'm really good at. And also I've always said that I wanted something that helped push the culture forward because I always felt like hip-hop just gave, gave me so much that I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to implement myself into this realm of, you know, entertainment, for lack of a better term, because, you know, it's not all about me. But back to you um, saying that you kind of made the shift from your original pen name to Cypherella. What prompted that? Because I know one of the things that artists are so conditioned to do now is be consistent, be, you know, on their own or you know, with the label or whatever the case may be. So that kind of sudden pivot for, you know, one name to another can often make a break of artist, you know, not just somebody that's on top, but somebody who's kind of starting as well. Mm. Did you fear any of that when you decided to change your name? Not at all. Um, because I feel like it's not going to make or break you, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're still who you are. I'm still in the same platforms. Um, and everyone who knew me, I wasn't like that big, so it was like, oh, who's this new Cypherella person? No, it's the same person. But it didn't scare me because I knew that it was necessary to become who I needed to become. Mm. Um, I feel like as an artist, I can't provide all of myself if I'm not, if I don't feel like I have the room to to figure out all of myself. So, no, it didn't. I wasn't afraid. I'm still on you, and you used to be an artist. <laughs> well, I still am. Slide past it. I still am, That's, people. She's going to put out a new track in 2021, at least. <laughs> Maybe sooner than you think. But, you know, I don't... That's not me trying to promote myself on my own show, by the way. Oh, follow me on Apple Music and Spotify. <laughs> so, me too. So for the people that, you know, were familiar with their original name, and mm -hmm. then you know, saw the sudden switch, like, what were their reactions to it? They liked it. They saw it as growth. Um, I feel like it's a long backstory. Well, we got time. It's your interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a, the, the shortest version of it is Omega was my born name. That's um, a very nice name. Yeah. But then my parents gave me up for adoption, and my name switched to Brandy. Mm. Um, and when I moved to New York after this tragic event... Um, I felt like Omega never got a chance to grow, so I adopted the name Omega, and I played around and I explored a lot of spirituality um, while under the guise of Omega, and that's when I wrote. A lot of Omega's material was definitely power to the people, and it's giving you straight facts. It's just like, Babylon exists. Mm -hmm. 
they're poisoning our water. So it was that type of content. A lot of third eye, you know. Wide open, <laughs> you know, wide open. But um, I can't remember which outcast member it was. I think it was Andre who was like, speeches only reach the people who already know about it. So this is how we go about it. And that's when the shift started changing. Like, yes, I want to to enlighten um, those who may want to be enlightened because you don't know. You might hear something that sparks something like, oh, what's she talking about? Then you go look it up and you start learning more and more about what it is to, to be black or what it is to be your type of black mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and I feel like Omega couldn't do that successfully because it was it was music, but it wasn't music that a lot of people would, would be able to relate to. You want to kind of spread spread out a little bit more, show more personality. That way, you know, more people will be drawn into who you are as a person, yes, and as an artist. Then, yes, people don't understand. Third eye. I told you I might be a rapper, so I may Possibly. get it. But it, that's very, very essential as you know, an artist and most importantly a person because. You do want to showcase every aspect of your personality, especially through your craft. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get caught up in, you know, pushing a narrative as one specific face when it comes to our music. Because right. that's something that, you know, we indirectly do once we see people resonate with something. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, with me, you know, there was a period in time where, like, I was just, like, straight, you know, lyrical, miracle, spiritual rapper. And, like, there wasn't any room for growth. There wasn't any, you know... There wasn't a space for me to kind of really showcase who I was as a person. It was just words, 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 words that rhyme together and over this beat. But once it's message, yeah. Once I kind of and not even a message, just like a showcase of oh, you know, show up. Yeah, how great I can rap. But then once I started to incorporate, you know, personal aspects of my personality, be it my life or you know, other things I may feel and think, that's when people start to resonate a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the one of the tricks that a lot of artists get a lot of artists get tricked into is feeling like this is what's the sound as you said and you know let me just go with this and that kind of deprives you know listeners of the authenticity yeah and that's why you have you know a million kids who you know sound the same and I hate to sound like old man but <laughs> I, I really do find myself in a space with a lot of artists where I'm just sitting down like wait is this oh that's not such and such oh it's like I thought it was just me I was listening to something the other day and I started singing the words and it was a completely different song and I'm like oh that's not the same no are they produced by the same part no oh okay are they neighbors like do they <laughs> from the same state just, no. Uh, no they not cousins no, no. Oh. <laughs> okay but, but you know to speak to that like that's why I feel like you know with someone like you who you know has done so many different things and gone through you know a reinvention of sorts that you are aware of the fact that you want people to kind of be drawn into who you are as a person because people will eventually feel that and mm -hmm. speaking of people feeling things let's talk about your sway appearance Ooh, you know, that's exciting yeah i can imagine you know sway is actually you know one of my biggest inspirations as far as somebody who made music and then made the transition and being somebody who you know is in front of the camera you know talking about artists you know mm -hmm. so it's for you to be on that platform i can imagine as an mc as somebody you know who i'm sure grew up watching mtv and seeing direct effect and when sway sat down with eminem kanye west 50 cent you like this is a moment mm -hmm. so what was that whole experience like for you nerve-wracking um rodney <laughs> great pr agent um Rodney actually contacted me. It wasn't even 24 hours before I was supposed to be on Sway. He was like, yo, Sife. No, I was, yeah, Sife. 
Um, you want to be on Sway tomorrow? So casually, right? I'm like, what? He's, He's like, yeah. He does that to me with like certain people he wants me to interview. Just like, <laughs> like yo, by the way, do you want to interview such and such? It's like, bro, like, can you give me more presentation than that? Yes, I would like to. Don't just throw that in there. And I, think, I feel like it was also like, yo, Saif, um, what you doing tomorrow? I'm like, like can you be available? I'm like, of course. like, yeah, I got Sway. Look, you got to come with your A game. I'm like, okay, when is it? Tomorrow. What? You made it seem like y'all going out for nachos. <laughs> So the whole time I'm at the house, I'm like, I have to freestyle on Sway tomorrow. I have to freestyle on Sway tomorrow. And my um, my roommate was like, you need to calm down. I'm like, I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I was up that whole night. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm not. I don't know what to do with my locks. Like, there's a lot going on. I didn't have them twisted. My eyebrows <laughs> not looking right. I was like, you have to present, represent. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more traumatic than having something big happen for you and your locks are not in the state that you would like them to be in, especially when you're on camera. I made sure that I had to do rag tight as tight as I possibly can because I knew I was going to be yeah, on camera. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there's a million nerves, and you know, like you said, you're up all night. So the day comes. What's going through your mind? What's so happening? It was so cool. Miss Hal, let me tell y'all, it was some fancy sugar honey icy. This is how I felt like I was coming up in the world. Like I had really made it. I was getting ready to get on the elevator, and I didn't realize that. You press the button for the floor that you were going to on the outside of the elevator, mm -hmm. and then you get in. So I get into the elevator, and there's no buttons. So I'm on IG like, y'all, I'm, I'm on this elevator, and there are no fucking buttons. I don't know where. I guess it just knows where I'm going to go. <laughs> but I got to the right floor. So I really thought I made it after I was on this elevator that had no buttons. That was the coolest thing. But Sway was the, the sweetest. He came in. He was like, y'all ready? Y'all about to get ready to go in here? Y'all going to do this thing? What's up? How you doing? We took pictures. Um, and then we went in and we just sat around and talked briefly before, um, just got a feel for each other. But it was one of the dopest interviews, opportunities to this date that I've had, um, just getting to a chance to meet Sway, you know, and his team twice. Awesome. Awesome. And for future reference, it's going to be the second best interview because second. you obviously know it's the first. I got you. <laughs> We're still in the midst of it, so yeah, I have to, to. But you gotta visualize. It. You gotta put that out into the universe as far as it being the best. The best. That's how. <laughs> that's how it manifests itself. Sorry, I'm stroking my own. I'm stroking my own ego right now. Sometimes <laughs> you have to. You have to. Because the world will kick you down. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you talked about your origin, name change. You know, the experience with Sway, and in tried and true fashion. Now we're gonna play a game. Now, the name of this game is called Civil War. And the reason why we're calling this Civil War is because you're from the South. Okay. But apparently you're repping the North now. In a way. Done, sort of. I live in the North. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I I'm trying to help your New York fan base, so just say yes. They know I love them. Okay, cool. All right, so since you're priding yourself on being, you know, tried and true southerner mm -hmm. but you know living here in the big apple mm -hmm. i'm gonna give you two options one from the north one from the south and you're gonna have to tell me which one is your favorite and why now be forewarned they're gonna be as ridiculous as i could possibly make them this is great <laughs> so let's you, do this so you ready yes okay this is exciting so we're gonna start off with you know 
softball question, something very, very hip-hop related before we get into the absurd. Okay. Civil War. Best hip-hop duo. Mob Deep or Outkast? Outkast. We already know why, so we're not going to go further into it. Softball (laughs) question. Just so you know. Catch you off guard. Okay. Civil War. Best overweight rapper. We have New York's Fat Joe or Florida's Rick Ross? I'm going to go with Rick Ross. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Ironically, they're both skinny now. Yeah, I was just about to, when I was formulating this, I was like, you know what? They're both slender these days, so I don't know if this qualifies. I, but I got it. I got you it. Know, the overall sense. concept is that mm-hmm. you know they've been on the husky side for a majority of their career. That so, was when you go, who? Yeah, you, you felt the hump. That, and that's why I went with Rick Ross, really. Yeah, that, that, that hump had a lot of diabetes. I mean, but you right. knew it was the sugar. It was, it was you all of it. it. You felt it. You're all the high fructose, you, you felt it. You felt it. <laughs> but it was Rick, and you knew it was Rick from just that. They both grunted, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. A little that bit. Joe that Joe had, like, a little bit of, uh, like, you know. His, his was a little high. Yeah, but no Rick's was low. So... Funny story, Fat Joe is the reason why I actually got into music. What? Yeah. So you're absolutely Fat Joe. I mean, I like Ross too, but more so Fat Joe's been an inspiration to me because when I was in third grade, he came to career day. What? Yeah, one of the teachers in my school was actually really cool with Fat Joe. And that day we had a multitude of people stop by. We had, you know, entertainment executives, like, you know, ad executives. We had lawyers, we had journalists, but when Fat Joe walked in, Life change and everybody's face lit up. I said to myself, I want people to look at me the same way they look at Fat Joe, right? Yeah, and at the time, I already started to experiment with music, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. That's so cool, yes. Yeah, Is so, this why you did this question? Um, no, just happened, you know, and now you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, th- that did happen. <laughs> so, okay, Rick Ross, that's so good. Okay, best troll we have. New York's Takashi Six Nine and Atlanta Soldier Boy. It's a tough one because the last year, year and a half, both of them have been pretty, pretty outrageous on social media. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Takashi. Takashi, that's how you. Yeah. Yeah. There's no explanation (laughs) needed. It's just he's the one who's snitching, right? I mean, cooperating. But yeah, snitching. <laughs> North or south, baby. <laughs> snitching either way. Either side of the Mason Dixon, you're telling, so. Yes! <laughs> we gotta go through it. We're just, we're just gonna be that way. So, as far as, you know, the south, you know, were you in the south around the time where Crank Dad and everything else yes. popped off? What was it like down there? It was, it was wild. It was crazy here. And I can only imagine what it was like down there. It was wild. Um, I feel like those were maybe my late high school days. I feel like. I'm not going to get into how old you are because it's going to make me feel old myself. So I'm just going to. Yeah, we're going to live. We're going to go. High school. I feel like that's what it was. <laughs> but it was really wild. And I remember we had these things called balls. Um, it's like proms. Yeah. But year round. Like for a different like you have the winter ball, fall ball, like Yeah, because I was in a junior organization, um, called Los Amigas Junior, so we had balls. Um, and the balls were like the turn up events. Mm-hmm. But it was wild, like we're in these big dresses, <laughs> swag surfing and cranking that you <laughs> Yeah, so as far as either one of them, I feel like 
they provided great moments as far as you know what it's like to use social media to your advantage mm -hmm. but in the case of Takashi we see how that wound up being you know somewhat of a downfall for him but this also goes back to a conversation about authenticity as well it's like when you know you know who you are and what you stand for you don't have to go to the extremes and you know do the dumb dumb do you think dumb dumb I so, caught that at the beginning I was like damn no words sound familiar stick with me kid I know what I'm doing you got it I got this mm -hmm. okay Civil War best party slash riot starter we got Annie up by MOP or Nuck If You Buck. I knew. <laughs> I'm like, if he doesn't say Nuck If You Buck, that's, I'm going with Nuck <laughs> If You Buck. Because to this day, it doesn't matter where you are. Or maybe it does, but if that song comes on in the South to this day, yeah, especially I come in the club, sugar with, and now I actually have love. Yo, let me tell you Why? something. You can't tell me anything. When these reach swinging lane, like, we'd be in the party, and as soon as that verse comes on, I'm head tied up, ripping it out, and I'm just going stupid. You have to. You, you, Whiplash. Worth it. Worth totally. it. Totally. You knew I was going to look at you. And I was thinking, like, he doesn't say look at but can't really about that life. <laughs> he said it. No, once again, that's another one of those songs that, you know, even up here. It would. It, it, I don't even think, I mean, honestly, you know. Me being a born bred New Yorker, I don't even think that Annie Up could even like really compare. Like Annie Up, even still like amongst the most thorough, thorough dudes, they don't even turn up with that. They just give like the slight head nod, and you know they got the ratchet on them. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> it, it it gets you, you know. Yeah, but you can't do too much. That would you know, be like bouncing a up song. Yeah, but you can't yeah. do too much bouncing to Annie Up if you got the ratchet on you because fall out. You know. This is. Yeah, but Nuck if you buck, I feel like, you know. Nuck if the buck, it don't matter what fall out. Everything <laughs> you, fall out. You could have dropped your child, you know, the gun could have fallen out. Baby's gonna, <laughs> okay, okay, the baby lands and starts nucking mm -hmm. him. Yeah. He's with it too. <laughs> Nuck, Nuck if you buck. Now I want to hear that song. <laughs> How can you not? <laughs> hood staple. Crime Mob. Can we get Crime Mob on the Millennium Tour? And could, right? Omarion. Oh, like, he did that. We, we know. <laughs> We know you have some sort of unearthly, unbothered, unbothered superpower. Please put Crime Mob in. Like even if they have to alternate for the Yin Yang Twins one night, make it happen, brother. We believe okay. in it. <laughs> oh, funny that you say that. This flows right into the my next, next question. <laughs> Civil War best ad lib: DMX's bark or Little John's yeah? That's not fair. Oh well. But that's not fair. How's that fair? Because they're both good in their own right. But that's not the object of the game. You gotta pick which one you know you feel is the best. I'm gonna say Lil John, mm -hmm. only because the way you say the yeah, mm -hmm. no matter where you are, they're gonna know that you're yang because of Lil John. Like they're gonna know that you're associating that with Lil John. Whereas if I just go around barking. <laughs> People might think you have Tourette's. You know, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the yeah. Even though the bark, it's the bark. Okay, okay. Let's let's flip this question to make it a little bit more fair. DMX is what versus Little John's yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. So you want the what? Cause you gotta do two what 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 with the yeah. It's just. Yeah. You just know. Like, you don't even have to <laughs> yell. If you just say, yeah, people know who it is. You do! 
or the okay. It just has like so many of them. Yeah. And it's the way that he did them. And he could say those four times on your track and it'll go platinum back in the day. Platinum. That's I don't even you, you don't even need any more words. Just a good beat and those ad libs. And you good. Little John. And the East Side Boys. And the East Side Boys. People often forget about the East Side Boys. Side story. Um, my sister used to tell me this when she first heard the Whisper song. She was in the club. And she thought that she had lost her hearing. Because she was like, the beat was loud, but I couldn't really hear the wait, words. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. She's going to be so mad at me for this. She thought she went deaf She was like, I feel like I was losing my hearing because she was like, I couldn't hear the words, but the beat was really loud. But it was like the words. I couldn't hear the words. That would be the worst place to go deaf in as a club. Ever. <laughs> it's also like, what do you do in that situation you no <laughs> longer can hear? I'm just like, oh. oh my God, I'm losing my hearing, but I also paid $35 for this cover. So I'm adding two drinks, so I'm about to get my money in. Then also, everybody else is turned up, so nobody cares that I'm going deaf. They're like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story. She was like, yeah, Grandpa, I was losing my hearing. That was whispering until I heard the next day in a car and she's like oh <laughs> he's whispering I'm like that's why it's called the whisper song <laughs> throw that oh, out there oh man yeah your sister's gonna hate this interview I have so many stories <laughs> okay this is gonna be the last one but probably the most controversial one in a sense okay okay I mean not so controversial who cares but <laughs> most annoying DJ <laughs> we have New York's own Hulk Hogan, Funkmaster Flex, versus the South's, and you can say between New Orleans or Miami, Chairman of Positivity, DJ Khaled. First of all, I chuckled first because I knew DJ Khaled was going to be up there. And I don't know if that's because when you said annoying DJs, they automatically pop into my head. Word association. <laughs> Right, isn't that something? I'm gonna go with Flex though, and that's only because I was in an Uber ride the other day. Not really the other day, it was some months ago. But before you even go into your story, just stop me whenever I'm wrong. I could probably pinpoint why you're saying Flex. Let me guess, there was a song that was coming on that you wanted to hear, but he kept bringing it back and dropping it. Oh my god! Is that what happened? Yes, and I'm like, I just want to listen to the song. And it was like every time he was, it was scratching. I, I get that's what the DJ does. I get it. But and this is like one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, why are you so hype? You really and even sometimes when Flex and once again, like I, I say this all in jest because Flex is definitely a New York staple. Is somebody that once again grew up in New York. I love Flex. that's somebody that you know is a pioneer. Whether you love him or hate him or you know indifferent yeah. about him, but. It's just so funny, even with the ad libs, like in between the bombs, he'll just say something that doesn't correlate whatsoever. <laughs> with the <laughs> whiskey, real nasty New York. Meanwhile, you're listening to <laughs> alternate street parking in effect right now. Right now, like make sure you do your taxes. Like all in the middle of Taylor Swift's new <laughs> I know he's more so of, um, <laughs> I know he's more so of a uh, Florida-based DJ, but um, what's Khaled's range in the South overall, if you can tell us? I feel like Khaled started really popping when I moved here. Really? 
Yeah, so I wouldn't know on behalf of the people of the South. I apologize. I just feel like he has a lot of reach, though. Like, he's really doing yeah. his thing as far as... Yeah, because I remember when he was very, very skinny in the movie Shatas. He was skinny? Yeah. He was in Shatas? Yes, he was in Shatas. He was... Damn. He was um standing next to Wyclef when they pulled up outside of the... um Outside, like, I guess, like, the little strip. Back then, Khaled looked like what French Montana looks like now. I thought she was going to say Jordan. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, I don't know why. Yes. I feel like he was going to yes. say Drake. Yes, I take it back. He looked like Drake. He looks like Memphis Drake. Like, worst behavior Drake. That's what Khaled looked I like. I really loved mixtape Drake. Who didn't, man? <sighs> so good. Comeback season. So far gone. But, you know, he's a huge superstar now. So this, My favorite song was She Will. Did you ever hear that? Yes. Lil Wayne, She Will? Of course. That was my joy. That that hook is, goes down in history. But back to Wyclef. Um, Did you see Wyclef in um, Carmen, the hip hopper? That was my movie. I and Me and my friends used to act out that part in the mall <laughs> with, the, uh, with the tarot cards. It's like, love. It was so good. I mean, that was so good. I watched that movie. They do Blaze. <laughs> the B, the L, the A, the Z, the E, the B, the L. <laughs> oh my God! The it was so good. I wanted to be Carmen. Okay. Oh my God! And Makai Pfeiffer rapping. Apparently he. He was kind of good though. So apparently, like he rapped back in the day, so that's why it was so convincing. And he was also on Eight Mile with the Locks. So yeah. why would you not? Come so on. speaking of his locks in Eight Mile. At first, I took umbrage with them, mm. but then when I actually got locks and I looked back at his, it's like, okay, his look believable versus Terrence <laughs> Howard's in the last season. That was just wrong for that. I, I hadn't even watched the season yet, and I saw a meme, and it was like, what in the black Jesus? <laughs> and it was ten, and I was like, Fox, Lee Daniels, come on, man. Y'all didn't have anybody on staff that could... Like, do some faux locks. Yeah, like, billion dollar corporation and Lee Daniels. You you know better. That was those <laughs> locks were intense. Okay, man. Ooh, so glad he took that wig off. As most people are. But, and it's like who would believe that that was his <laughs> They tried who was believing him. They tried, and they were they they weren't even like starter locks. They were like long. No, these were fully developed. <laughs> We've really been working hard. You had real thick hair when we started type locks, okay? Oh my goodness. Oh man. So, mm. so you have a project coming out. I do. Next year. Tell mm-hmm. us a little about it. So my project is um it's entitled Seven. Um, and it will be dropping February the 28th, um, 2020. I really enjoy this project because it deals with the seven deadly sins, which is me still exploring my spirituality, but also giving in to we out here sinning, you know? Um, and it's okay because we can repent. Um, yeah. So what inspired um, the concept behind, you know, just your fascination with spirituality or... There's a bigger meaning to it. There's a bigger meaning. Mm-hmm. It's weird how inspiration comes to me, right? Like, it literally just comes. And I'm like, I'm gonna name my project Seven. But I don't know why I'm gonna name it Seven. Like, it's like the reason comes later. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's dealing with the Seven Sins. And again, when I was telling you that I feel like this is the first project that Cypherella has put out, mm-hmm. um, it's like Cypherella is being born, right? So we're all born into sin. 
So why not come out? Original sin is what they call it. Yeah, the original sin. So that's what this is going to explore. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because I was trying to come up with like creative ways to do a listening party. Um, and now I'm diving into hip hop theater because I want to actually put on a show for the listening party for this project. So yeah. No, you got to tell us more about that. That's as, far, that's as far as I've gotten. I'm telling you, the ideas come when they come, and it's just like you roll with them. Well, when yeah. you, you get more behind it, you definitely got to let us know, because that's, that's once again another one of those out-of-the-box ideas that you know we need to see more hip-hop, especially coming from a woman, mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, just overall with black women, as far as, you know, breaking ground, doing so many things in entertainment right now, you guys are definitely the... The front runners of a lot of very, very innovative, you know, and very, very culture shifting ideas. Because of who we are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Remember the shirt I had in the other interview, Black Women Over Everything. It's a way of life. It just comes. It just comes. So, mm-hmm. with the new year approaching, you know, with everything that you've done under your old moniker, with all the expectations that you have for everything under Cypherella, what's the new year and beyond that looking like for you? Just identifying who I am. Um, really putting my foot into the game and consistency. Right now, I've been inconsistently consistent. As most people are. And I'm honest with it. And it's about growth, you know. Um, so, yeah, just really delving into who I am and showcasing it with the world as creatively as I possibly can. So, I hope that answers that question. Because nah. sometimes I, I do <laughs> go to the right and just start talking. It feels good. Yeah, um, I feel like um, with this, I want to do a lot of traveling. You know, you and I were just talking about Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, to support the the album, the EP, I want to go to Europe. So I'm working on traveling in Europe and doing some shows in Europe. Um, but it definitely makes sense if I do a U.S. prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm starting to plan, but my timelines are so tiny. Like I need to be able to see further in advance. And I feel like that's really what I'm work on yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But as an artist, you tend to formulate once you see where your art and how your art is reaching people, mm-hmm. and then you pretty much go from there. And yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, I know that you know for next year and like I said, years to come, you're definitely going to be somebody that we're going to be hearing a lot more about throughout the course of the genre's evolution, as far as you know, women in hip hop, and once again, not just limiting you know it to you know just gender, but you know, an MC in general. You know? I hope it's good news. Good. Nothing but good news here on the show. <laughs> Once again, Cyrella, thank you so much for stopping by. Where can the people find you at on social media? Social media, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Spotify, and Apple Music, and iTunes. It's all under Cypherella. I am Cypherella, which is C-I-P-H-E-R-E-L-L-A. I did it great that time because usually I forget how to spell it. So, one take hold. That was good, right? (laughs) Once again, guys, this has been another episode of Hosted by Decent. Make sure you subscribe to the Pop Dutch YouTube channel. Make sure you click the bell to be notified of brand new content. And once again, we're a podcast. You can catch the full unedited audio of this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, so make sure you tune in. Also, follow me on social media at Decent, that's D-E-A-S-C-E-N-T, and we will see you in the new year. Peace! I'm going to try to have a million